Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everybody, Adam Nicholas here for What Culture Wrestling, joined by Ben Roy Turner at the small hours of Monday morning for us now, Sunday yes. evening I'm sure, or early, maybe early Monday morning, early Monday morning for our American viewers as well, but we have just watched the double or nothing pay-per-view, all elite wrestling and a good but mixed bag, I think it's fair to say. If we just have a quick summary of the pay-per-view. Yeah. Lots to talk about and break down. Uh, some big talking points throughout the pay-per-view, as you can imagine. Maybe not quite ending on the correct note. Again, which seems to be a, a, a recurring theme, maybe, for some AW pay-per-views. More on that in a second. We aren't Adam Wilborn. He's far better at this than we are. But we will run it down and give you the results from all the matches and yes. the fallout from each one. Starting... With the buy-in, of course, we had Serena Deeb, the NWA Women's Champion, taking on Riho in the first match of the night. And as you can imagine, the crowd was absolutely electric for this one, the first one back. And you know what it is? I think we can both agree. They picked the right match to put out here because these two put on an absolute bomb. But I, th- I guess it was helped by the fans. You know, the fans were really into this, so anything might have worked. But it just really felt like... There was like a real aggression about Serena Deeb and Riho just played the absolute perfect. I'm getting beat up for this whole match. You know I might make a comeback, but in the end, maybe not. Because she couldn't quite overcome Serena Deeb. In the end, after she'd been working the leg and she had that injured leg, um, Riho, despite the fact she had a spirit come back a couple of times, landed herself in the one-legged Boston Crab of Serena Deeb, who, honest to God, Ben Roy, talked that leg to the point where it was like, a curly cup back to her neck basically and she tapped out Rehope so no new women's champion tonight well in the yeah. NWA women's champion department at least it's weird it's like almost like remembering Reho and Serena are still here because we don't get to see them as much on the main shows and um, it was just a good effort it was more than a good effort it was a, it was a great way to open it on the buy and getting the people like electric ready to it and it was nice to see this sort of darker side from Serena that I don't think I've seen for a while. She definitely felt like she had a much more aggressive side, much more attitude on her, and it really, really worked well against Riho's just pure baby face goodness here. But yeah. yeah, keep your eye on this one, Serena Deeb. May well be turning to the dark side sometime soon. But from there, we went to the main event. The main event? Just straight away to the main event. That was it. <laughs> we went to the main card, and the first match on the main card of AW Double or Nothing was Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. We wanted to know which one of these big beefy boys was going to be coming out with the victor. This is the rubber match, of course. Cage had won. Eh, Page won the first. Cage won the second. But it wasn't to be a night maybe for all of Team Taz, I think it's fair to say. This one started off really well, just as you can imagine, back and forth. Heavy stuff from these two from the off. Brian Cage 
who had been specifically talked into doing this by himself by Hangman Page on Friday night's AEW Dynamite, he stuck to it. Because despite the fact he came close a couple of times to putting Page away, and Page then, the classic Page, came across and did a multitude of his incredible offence, uh, almost had Brian Cage, couldn't put him away. But then, just as the tide was turning, it looked like might, things might not be about to work out for Page. All of Team Cars came trooping out from the back, as you can imagine, surrounded him. Brian Cage decides, nope, I want to do this my way, but it backfires because as soon as he sends off all the guys, Hangman Page ends up getting chucked to the outside, but catching himself on the apron, coming back in, bookshot Lariat. Good night, Brian Cage, despite a valiant effort. Power bombs, all sorts, attempted a bookshot Lariat of his own on Hangman Page, which backfired into an F5 that Page did on him. But ultimately, Hangman Page gets the win. He wins the match between these two. And the friction between Team Taz after was palpable. Yeah, it's, it's just a case of like uh, Adam Page just somehow getting better and better as, as each time we see him, especially in these grand stages. And it was a nice, as I said like earlier during the show, a nice divergence match. It's a nice sort of like, you know, we're just going to go around here and take the scenic route for a while because... Yeah, you 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 ready for the tell? You ready for the tell? Probably, but we we haven't had enough time separated from you and Kenny before we get there. So, and the Brian uh, the Brian Cage Club, the um, team Taz has been a nice sort of folly for people to just take a pit stop, and it doesn't seem like Team Taz get but as I say treated like a job squad. I would say, but they're sort of like you know people stepping stones to the next next goal in AEW as it seems and as there's trouble trouble brewing in that team where Brian Cage doesn't really know if he's on the dark side anymore and what's Brian Cage going to do after this going against Ricky Starks and having to remember that Ricky's injured and um, Hook and showing out the way and angering Taz what happens when you shove little Taz when big Taz <laughs> is watching so yeah but uh, awesome finish uh, just everyone needs to learn not to throw hangman out to the ropes because you just go to spin around whirly twirly buckshot lariat you're dead but from there we win in the second match Young Bucks taking on Moxley and Eddie Kingston for the tag team championships and I think me and you were just too busy being lost in how incredibly sort yeah. of upgraded it seems Nick Jackson was <laughs> for the majority his, like, porn, his porn hair dyed his hair this sort of gingery colour he had a, a big a big-ish beard by comparison to him usually baby face clean shaven um, and then obviously you've got Moxley and Eddie Kingston storming out to Wild Thing as well. The whole thing before we even got the ring was just was right what you wanted, yeah. I swear he didn't have that that beard on Friday either, like the other day. Yeah. It's not even uh, half a week. He's just all of a sudden <laughs> he's just got and it just popped out of his face. And yeah, apart from being distracted by Nick Jackson's transformation into this new creature. Uh, I just it flowed so well. It, it, they broke my expectations because I thought it would be uh, Moxley, Moxley, Moxley being all powerful. Then tag Kingston in, and uh, Kingston take all the B in. But no, it was Moxley taking all the damage. Kingston, I felt like got more offense in as well, and without being deflated as much. But in the end, uh, having Moxley take the pinfall, which is quite surprising. We even got an interference at one point from the Good Brothers who came out and sort of chased towards Moxley and um, Eddie Kingston. Some real ass kicking going on. But then Frankie Kazarian came out to save them. There was all sorts of drama going on. Managed to clear them off. We were left in the ring. But ultimately, yes, John Moxley it was who ended up taking the BTE trigger. He managed to, like, get it shrugged off once again which was incredible like for the fans there who were going well but then of course it was just too much they literally hit him with four more BTE triggers 
which yeah. then finally put him down. Mushed he his head. Him, mushed his head. He took a pinfall. One, two, three. No new tag titles for Eddie Kingston and John Moxley tonight. From there, Ben Roy, we move across to the Casino Battle Royal. Now, or Battle Royale, I guess as they say in America. Um, lots of questions on people's on people's minds here. Who was going to be the joker in this one? Who was going to get the victory? Who was going to have a good show on <laughs> Uh, I guess I could give you this one because it's not that either. Not perhaps what maybe everyone was expecting. It was unlike the rest of the battle royals we've battle royals we've seen in AEW. It was very quick. It felt it went went fast. There was never really a stack of talent that was in there at one time. It was all like kept nice and lean. Luke Hobbs, uh, sorry, not Luke Hobbs, Will Hobbs. Uh, I think I've, I Luke Hobbs. Will Hobbs and uh, Christian Cage. Uh, were thrown out midway through and they just sort of like, did the whole spot where they sort of sleep as the House of Hardy sort of cleaned house, well, private party cleaned house and Matt Hardy just sort of stood there and watched. And we get everyone back in the ring and it's getting getting built up and then poor powerhouse Hobbs just gets flung out and then uh, you're like, well, what's going on there? And you wait for the Joker and then no BS, Paul White, stop speaking. You know, oh, is no BS. Paul White going to be the Joker? Finally, his return to the ring. Nope, it's Leo Rush, and Leo Rush comes in, gets a little bit of offense, and gets thrown out. And Leo Rush is made a Joker in this. It seems it, it no it doesn't get anyone out. Barely gets any offense. I wasn't happy with it, and I feel like it's a bit weird. Yeah, it didn't quite land this. So Rush came out as the joker at the point where we had Christian Cage left, we had Jungle Boy left, and we had Matt Hardy and the two uh, members of Private Party who were both in there, which we didn't know if they were in there or not, both of them, because they were dressed in non-wrestling, yeah. Yeah, essentially, which kind of threw everybody off a bit. But they were all still in the ring. Rush came down. He was quick. He looked great. But ultimately, he didn't get anybody out. Didn't eliminate anyone and then was eliminated by the combo of Matt Hardy and Private Party after some clever shenanigans on the outside to stop themselves from going out. Um, it just felt like a bit of a, a bit of a waste, truth be told. And then from there, uh, Matt Hardy ended up going out, as did Private Party. We were left with Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. And you're thinking, maybe Christian Cage has got to be his time, right? But apparently not. No Christian Cage win. Jungle Boy is the man who takes the big victory. He manages to eliminate Christian Cage at the death. The match ends. We get the whole respect in the ring between Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. Maybe even get a singles match out of this from them too, somewhere down the line, if maybe someone's trying to prove themselves. Who knows? But yeah, Jungle Boy gets the win. Leo Rush is your joker for the night. And I think a lot of people will probably agree. They didn't really overhype it, but it did still feel like underwhelming, I think it's fair to say. Um, we move across to a match that really, I feel like, killed a lot of the momentum in this pay-per-view at this point. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. And I think a lot of people were expecting maybe Anthony Agogo could have been getting a big win tonight uh, to kind of crown himself nice. as a legitimate player in AEW. But for anybody who's been watching this show long enough, you'll know Cody wins quite a lot. And for because that's what he does. And he did it again tonight. He did get the big W in a match. Where, in fairness, Ogogo looked good. He looked like he had a lot of the fundamentals that we want to see him have. He's obviously got the promo ability. He looked decent in the ring, I thought, tonight. Um, but the match itself was really dead, man. The fans were not into it. It was very flat, or pretty much all of it. It sort of sucked the momentum out. It didn't need to be anywhere near as long as it was, uh, which I really think didn't help either. I know you're probably at the point of the pay-per-view where things were starting to just get a bit 
the fans were just starting to get a bit fatigued from all the rest of the team but it didn't really work at all I didn't think this one um, like I say we got a lot of um, a lot of opportunities in this but in the end Cody ends up winning the match because Agogo had been trying to get his punch he couldn't quite get it landed if he had obviously it might be a different story Cody wins the match with the vertebraker um, which like a lot of people are just like oh okay that's that's your ending um, yeah. put him on the back drop him down which didn't really make a go-go look like this big threatening menace at all it made him look like a bit of a baby to be honest <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about this match apart from it's so confusing how Cody comes around has like two or three week programs with someone kills them destroys them off and then just moves on I, I wasn't happy with it I don't know I really yeah, that's fair that's fair and I don't think anybody else would disagree with you there it didn't feel like it hit the mark at all for me personally anyway as well but speaking of a match that sort of the end result was good but maybe again didn't quite hit the highs we wanted it to we had Miro taking on Lance Archer for the AEW oh no, not for the AEW the TNT uh, championship in this match um, kind of felt like this had to be a crowning moment for Miro had to really cement him although we didn't know how it was going to work because we didn't really want to see Lance Archer take another big uh, L during his time in AEW but you know it was kind of back and forth I wasn't I wasn't a great deal in it, it the first match we got to see two big monsters two guys have been booked as monsters just absolutely hossing it out and they did just that they took each other around the outside of the ring beat the crap out of each other for quite a while there were suplexes into the crowd there were suplexes back onto the heart the, the hard floor if you will um, lots of lots of just lots of big men big men doing big men things in this match but in the end it would get to a point where Archer managed to get Miro into the position for the blackout but Miro would escape and eventually locked in the game over submission and literally bent Archer to the point like after a, after a valiant struggle in fairness managed to get him back into that back breaker position Archer didn't tap out but he did indeed pass out from the pain because Miro is a big strong man Benoit yeah it's, it's a match unlike we've seen so far in AEW where just two big men going at each other and just slapping each other about and you always had the thing in the back of your head like well it's too soon unless Miro was a full on transitional champion but then you don't really feel like Lance Archer's got much heat at the moment like he went with Sting for a bit and go hey Sting I'm here and then they did nothing and I just don't feel like Lance Archer's floating we had a great spot where Miro just took the bag with a snake and threw it away and just yes we should uh, point out Jake the Snake did come down at one point to yeah. try and it looked like he was going to do a distraction finish maybe um, but yeah Rusev absolutely lobbed that snake across the, the stage didn't he but you know I'm not going to complain Miro's being booked strong and he gets his first yeah. second shall I say the, uh, proper defence of his title uh, under his belt and he didn't actually kill a snake it was just a bag full of nothing but then you know, just just in case anybody was worried about the snake there, which is fair enough. From there, though, we go to the next big title match that was on the card. It was Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. And this was another one. Uh, that was this little run, wasn't that, of matches? Um, yeah. I kind of felt like it was all still coming from the aftermath of the uh, Cody Ogogo match. Crowd felt a bit flat for this one initially. Um, big Aaron and Hikaru Shida were doing everything right I should point out they weren't setting the foot wrong in my opinion the match was going really well plenty of back and forth between the two Hikaru Shida came out with this stunning white all white gear Britt Baker had like this blood drenched gear of his obviously 
reminder of what happened the last time she went up against the car Rashida. Um, Rebel was of course there, or Reba, she was there. It was all the, it's hard because all the pieces were here and everything was going according to plan. But the fans, because they were kind of a bit fatigued or just not too much into it, you yeah. can see them kind of wondering how to get them back in. But I will say the last like sort of seven minute stretch maybe of this match really started to get fans into it. There was a lot of near falls to the point where you and me were like, I think Akaru Shida must be winning this because we had like attempts at the, uh, the lockjaw that didn't, didn't land, attempted curb stomps that didn't land, Shida landed Falcon Arrow, that she was knee strikes at the head, she had hit Britt Baker with so many. There was a point where we actually thought Britt might even be injured properly because she was selling her back so well at one point. Um, but it wasn't to be, Ben Roy, because tonight was the night we crowned a brand new AEW Women's Champion. After a year, we have a new AEW's women's, women's champion, and it is Britt Baker, and I couldn't be happier, and I think no one else, everyone else in the AEW sphere couldn't be happier. It was time, like a year's, a year-long reign in this era of wrestling, this era of life. A year, for anything to last a year is a feat in itself, and she carried that through the pandemic era, and she defended that belt whenever she got the chance to it was a great time but at this point you just see like they, they built up in the story where Britt, Britt Baker had just come to the point where she was mm. just going past her and in most ways and you just need to sort of like pass the baton and let Britt, Britt Baker go with it and yeah this match started so slow and I think it's still just suffering from the the Cody sort of like black hole in the middle like a few matches in but as soon as it got going like towards like, the last 10 7 minutes it was fantastic and I wish the match was even shorter just shorter just so we could yeah. had that the whole way through and had that more of a memory but it was just I is what what a result to finally have Britt Breaker as the champion and I'm just so happy for her yeah huge moment as you say she deserves it she got the point where she was undeniable, I think, and it was just her time, nothing against Sheeta. But basically, we got a moment where we thought there might have been a, a bit of a miscommunication. Rebel ended up smashing uh, Britt Baker over the head with the crutch while trying to get uh, Sheeta in the in, in the ropes. Ended up getting a near fall, but from there, it flipped out. Basically, Britt Baker ends up getting Sheeta in the lockjaw after giving her the curb stomp on the uh, title belt that yeah. had come in. She brought the belt in to hit her with, and then ended up on the floor. Clips on like that. Lockjaw gets the tap, and there you are, brand new champion. And deservedly so. Looking forward to the celebration she will undoubtedly be having on AEW Dynamite. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. From there, though, business picked up, as Jim Ross would say, because it was the return to the ring since from since twenty first time back in the ring properly since 2015 for Sting and I cannot express how buzzing everybody in Daly's place was for this like yes they were enjoying Darby Allen yes they were enjoying probably Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky but my god were they in the mood for Sting and it just changed the atmosphere again really turned everything back up Sting looked great after point out took his t-shirt off he was back in his singlet which oh, people have dying to see Ben Roy Turner in particular has been desperate to see but from that point on Sting just looking like he hasn't missed a beat he looked fit looked healthy was doing like he did a jump and splash off the stage before the match had even started in the, in the early pre-match brawl that was going on uh, between him and Derby the combination worked really well we get Sting a splash so we were getting all sorts Sting even took a suplex on the outside uh, at the very beginning in this brawl like just to kind of basically say, I can do this, guys, no problem. Um, but the match went, it went a lot of, we had a lot of um, Ethan Page and Scorpius guy trying to take advantage of Derby, and he got his ass kicked. Had he not, or I mean, I say that, but right at the beginning of the match, I mean, he did this insane dive out of the ring where he basically ended up in the crowd at one point. Also ended up back in there where Ethan Page picked him up with two hands and threw him into the crowd. It was an incredible sight. Looked like it absolutely destroyed Derby's leg on the uh, guardrail. But in the end, Ben Roy, the stinger would be too much for Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Yeah, it was... Is just a way to integrate Sting, a really good way to integrate Sting back into wrestling. Like, like from little points of where Darby Allen, you mentioned, got thrown into the crowd. Sting had to actually bring him out of the crowd. Like, well, do I throw him back in there and get punished more? Or do we just lose this match? He decides to throw him in now. Like, I really like that sort of touch where he like doesn't know what to do for a moment. Yeah. And then from the sort of double submission holds we had and Sting just down to like Sting's face paint not melting off, which <laughs> is like a weird but nice thing to appreciate. And just Sting taking that t-shirt off, man. Just Sting taking that t-shirt off and becoming a wrestler once more and having a wrestling match and never looking gassed and being in there just enough as just just enough really and tagging out when he felt he needed to. And I felt Sting was protected more than ever here in a good way and I don't think anyone can about this one looking bad because I feel like you still, you still give Sting a few more wins before you find the right one to chip away at his legacy and take some of that for their own mm. He came close a few times with Scorpion Deathlock to try and get the win but ultimately it would be this, this, the, the Scorpion Death drop rather the drop that would end up 
um, getting the pin and yeah. getting them the win which I mean great to see Sting back looking fresh looking healthy and if it can do more matches like this where it keeps him safe and keeps him protected more more laugh please more of the same from Sting and Darby Allen. but from there we went across to our main top top end if you like the title match of the night Kenny Omega the AEW world champion taking on Pac and Orange Cassidy in a stacked triple threat match I think it's fair to say fans were back into it now they were back they were back on board they were re-energised after the Sting match and they were I mean understandably so they were going mad for this one from the off weren't they? Oh my god this one straight away just had the energy of uh, Kenny Omega coming out uh, with all those belts or, or Orange Cassidy being as we uh, everyone's like is Orange Cassidy over is Orange Cassidy over Orange Cassidy Orange Cassidy is very much over and the mm. crowd went wild for him and throughout the whole match every time he sort of recovered and came back they were just there for him and I don't feel like this isn't shooting shirt in pack but pack felt like the odd spanner in the works but he felt like a necessary cog to get each part of the match where he needs to go, like he needs to destroy uh, Kenny at some points throughout the ring. He needs to wear down Orange Cassidy at some points, and like they all sort of worked well as they needed to. But this match was very much feels like it was focused between Kenny and Orange. Mm. And I feel like we're going to get Kenny and Orange again, maybe at like a fight fest or something. But this, it was for the AEW's first triple threat match since what the Cracker Barrel Bash. Uh, and, and of any consequence, shall we say, it was a really like good one to start off with. I don't know about what you think there. Yeah, I think you've I think you've hit the nail on the head. Pack, I feel like played a really important role tonight. Where he got plenty of offense in, but I feel like he was more there to try and ele- help elevate Orange Cassidy and put him in that slot of being a real actual contender against Kenny Omega. Of course, we get a point where Cassidy was on such a roll. Of course, the power of the the pockets came into play plenty yeah. of times he used it numerous times throughout the match and it always gets a pop from the fans and from us watching it on the live stream but there was this moment where Orange Cassidy had hit Pac with Omega was already down he'd already downed Omega he hit Pac with two uh, orange punches and was literally on the ridge of the win like until we had heard that Don Callis had got up from commentary as Orange was going for the finish had that he was going to get the three count Don Callis pulls the referee out of the ring to deny him the three count and it was going to be the it would have been a huge huge win a strange one but it would have been a huge one um, but then ultimately it would be uh, Kenny Omega who ended up putting Pac down with four shots to the skull uh, with all four of the belts literally spent ages going one belt two belts yeah. three belts four um, and then which obviously it was, it was strange because they did like a bit of a distraction part but you're like well actually it was a triple threat so technically it still could have happened but we're not going to nitpick there. It was just the, that was the way it went down. Um, but then, just about that, uh, there was an amazing moment where Cassidy looked like he might have actually managed to quickly get Kenny up for a, a pinfall and win the match. And literally, from his pinfall, was a flip round, and Kenny got the quick crucifix pin. It was a really, really good ending because I wasn't sure how they were going to do it and have it satisfied. But it actually looked like Orange Cassidy came this close and only lost out by the fraction of a second. Really well done, I thought this. And as you say, they used like Pack fair play to him for using everything he could do in this match to help elevate Orange Cassidy. And of course, Kenny still comes away looking like a real swine, but maintains his belt in this one and all of his other belts too, indeed. And then, and then, <laughs> yes, the main event. The time that you've all been waiting for. The Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. 
in the Stadium Stampede match. We had, as you can imagine, after last year, high hopes and high expectations for this match. And in fairness, Ben Roy, there was still quite a lot to enjoy in this one. They separated everybody out, as you can imagine. We ended up getting essentially Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara peeled off. We got uh, FTR and we got um, Santana and Ortiz peeled off. And it essentially split up exactly how you'd imagine. Uh, Max and Jericho splitting off, and Hager and Wardlow. And there we are, little five, one, two, three, four, four segments that you're going to go to in between. And it was chopped up that way in terms of an hour of storytelling. Yeah? yeah, and I wasn't happy with it as much as I was the last year. I felt like Stadium Stampede last year was Stadium Stampede. This year, it felt like which I, I'm going to say what it feels like. I love these matches. The old hardcore matches where they'd go around the arena and you'd have that sort of 10, 15 minutes like brawls. We had basically four of them that went, uh, one went far too short. Like, I don't feel like we got hardly any of FTR or Santana Ortiz. Uh, we got loads of Chris Jericho and MGF and that didn't turn out to be like the end of the match as it was so that it just felt like it weird to f- spend so much time on them and then almost roll around until like the the smallest part of the match with uh um uh, semi Guevara and sean spears and make that i'm jumping way ahead but make that the finish mm. and it was very confusing at points and i didn't know why it was happening as much but i guess I, I, I wish they'd spent more time out in the actual stadium. I don't know. That's me being picky of uh, someone who wants to see a, a stadium stampede match. And I got more uh, throwback hardcore style. I don't know what you thought about this. It, yeah, I mean, it felt like it was working. Too, but then I just started to feel like last year, the segments were kind of quickly in the cut. I felt like they were dropping in between different people. And I felt like it flowed much, much nicer. This year, we got stuck in certain bits where like you say you had like MGF and Jericho for quite a long time as they were brawling through different bits um, the comedy for me didn't land as well as it did last year maybe um, and wasn't really suited maybe to this it wasn't as heavy I will say that they did sort of tone it down a bit but it just didn't do what I think they wanted it to do uh, this time round uh, like I say the, 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 ch- the noticeable difference in times between certain chunks didn't really work out and despite the fact we've seen all of these guys brawling their way through various different segments in the back, we finally did end up with Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara in the ring. Had made weird, it yeah. actually down in the ring in Daly's place. Um, again, you absolutely hit the nail on the head there. We didn't get as much stadium stuff this time. It was all felt like just a backstage brawl at numerous different places. Um, but by the time they got into the ring, Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara were in there, and you were like, you were sure, you were sure, Ben Roy. The only result here that made sense would be for the pinnacle to get the victory, right? That was what we were all expecting. Especially after Jericho almost killed himself in the entrance. You know, they feel like, oh, maybe uh, we should say, like, they, they, did we mention they repelled down the side of the stadium at one point? The big the entry of their hole, like, just to start the match, they came down the side and we thought yeah. they nearly killed themselves. Uh, but yeah, it just. It just felt so weird because Sean Spears has got no heat. Really. The bit, the bit of heat he ever got in AEW. I'm, I'm sorry, Sean. You'll never see this, but like when he hit Cody in the head with the chair and done him in the head badly, and like there was all that sort of commotion around that. But ever since then, it's been a weird sort of like start stop. Are you of Tully? Oh no, now, now Tully's got his new friends, so you're kind of like on the sidelines there, and he got a lot of offense in on. 
Guevara in the backstage bit and then handcuffed him but then left bolt cutters right next to him so you felt really, really weird and then chased by just the motorcycle extras that were they used yeah. once and yeah it just came down to hey let's not forget as well he did end up getting hit in a reversal of last year he got hit by yeah. Sammy who was driving the golf cart this time who hit Sean Spears actually that was what sent him towards the ring in the end for this final spell. We didn't get the duel of fates though when he was in his room of chairs. That's true. And yes. we was waiting for uh, John Williams to be just off camera. <laughs> <laughs> but we did get any of that. But like, yeah, it felt like after we had Jericho and MGF at the top coming back into the crowds, and uh, yeah, and then we had Sean Spears and Guevara, and we know that Jake Hager had put. Uh, was then Wardlow through Wardlow. some shelves and we never got any more FTR or Santana and they nope. just like two of them went into a lift and then that's it and we had Conan come back for a bit and they like stopped Tully and they had some drinks and so it was fun but I would have liked maybe in the distance to have FTR and Santana and Tease duke it out a bit just so it felt like everything was coming back more than just Jericho wants to be here because Jericho wants to be in front of the crowd and, and then we're going to choose to have Sammy win because obviously Sammy's the younger guy and gets him more over. It just felt disjointed in a way that I didn't enjoy the past one where it felt, even though there was magic in the last year's one, it all felt cohesive and you knew what was going on here. I felt like they had left a lot on the current room floor and probably the wrong bits. Yeah, it did feel like it, it wasn't, again, the floor wasn't quite there, but the finish, the finish, I guess would have worked had it not been this match maybe I don't know uh, we got Sean yeah. Spears we got Guevara in the ring Spears had already hit Guevara twice with chair shots once while he was doing a springboard and once while he was down on the ground and literally it was like we were sure that that was the end of it and Sammy kicked out uh, in a defiant fashion in the end after giving uh, Spears middle fingers and winding him up a bit much uh, Spears had put the chair in the corner if you remember he did that sort of curb stomp thing this Guevara a little while ago Ended up, Sammy managed to get himself back up and hit the GDH on um, Spears, which flattened him out. He took him over, put him through the chairs, and then did the top rope 630 cent on, landed on top of Spears, and literally got the win, much to all of our surprise, because it just didn't feel like what was going to be the end of note for this. I don't know, but it was what it that was. Lives. Inner yes, Circle guys. survives another day. The pinnacle have lost now which feels like a very weird choice indeed Benoit and I were both very very not into this I think it's fair to say but hey Chris Jericho got to sing with everybody his song at the yeah. end and isn't that what it's all about I mean Eddie yep. Kingston cool. this face here on my chest cool. if you're watching this Eddie Kingston can see I'm he's sure not, he is yes he's not happy with that result and I'm sure I was happy with that result I, I didn't want I not like I, I wanted the inner circle to go away because no. I'll be like, what are these guys going to do afterwards? But uh... we didn't, we didn't, we didn't book them into that corner, and I think unfortunately they ended up chasing this Chris Jericho as a babyface thing, the inner circle as babyfaces. Maybe that'll be the third match. Who knows? But right now, it feels like a questionable choice because Pinnacle should have surely been dominant and should have won, even if it was by hook or by crook. Not that hook, the actual phrase. Um, it, I, think, I still think that they should have put the win. Anyway, that was it. Like I say, the end note, maybe underwhelmed, confused, along with a couple of other matches that we felt could have been better. All in all, though, good pay-per-view, I think it's fair to say. But yeah, that was that was AEW Double or Nothing 2021. A mixed bag, I think it's fair to say. But we had a good time. 
and we spent some nice time watching it on the live stream so it's yes. always good when you get to do that anyway we need to go to bed so with that said uh, you can follow us you can follow What Culture shall I say at What Culture WWE on Twitter and you can also follow your host you can follow Ben Roy Turner at at Ben Roy Turner you can follow me at it's Adam Nicholas and you can follow just don't follow me to bed because that's where I'm headed um, right this second um, thank you very much to everybody who joined us for the live stream if you're indeed watching this hope you've enjoyed the show for whatever it was and we will definitely see you maybe on the next one ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.